are listening to the Nacho Set So Podcast. I'm your host, Nacho Gonzalez. My guest today travels the world doing poetry readings and speaking to justice-impacted youth. He is an author, poet, activist, mentor, healer, and my compa, Luis Rodriguez. Hey, man. How you doing, Nacho? I am good, Luis. Thank you so good. much for... Uh, being on the show here yeah excellent man i appreciate it so we're here in the lovely city of silmar san fernando where are we at well we are in silmar it's actually part of los angeles city as okay. you know the northeast valley like most of the valley is la city but when you live here you're almost thinking you're in a separate city because it's a separate community yeah. but we're in the second largest mexican central american community in the u.s after oh, east wow. la wow yeah it's up half a million people yeah and just to add to that where the achucha center cultural bookstore is the only bookstore the only art gallery the only cultural center for this area wow so, yeah for i think you mentioned half a million half people? a million people which I is the know. size of oakland or some city yeah. like that you know yeah, yeah. wow the only bookstore Right. Um, and we were, we were talking earlier, you almost have to be a Centro Cultural, have a lot of other activities. You got bookstores. To. bookstores are bad businesses yeah. in the sense that you don't make a lot of money. But this particular bookstore is doing good because mm-hmm. community is hungry. Yeah. They're hungry for literacy. They're hungry for books, for stories, children books, um, and especially books that are bilingual and also cultural and social justice. Mm-hmm. So we have those books here. Yeah, because growing up, we always had the same uh, reading list of yeah. all the, from the 1800s and, you know, yeah. which are the classics and all the Dickens. But yeah, but you never could see yourself reflected in the books, just mm-hmm. like movies. And so we always, so even though um, I think a lot of us are readers and we love to go to movies and everything, we just don't see ourselves in these You're books. Right. Yeah, right. And so you went. So we're talking about your book. I guess your, you know, your your calling card, your best known book, is uh, always running, right? Yeah. Uh, and we're talking about how you mentioned, uh, and I mentioned how I, I see young adults. People tell me, yeah, that's the only book I read that was not assigned. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a really good part of it. I, I, when I was growing up, what helped me is that I loved to go to libraries. Mm-hmm. Even when I was a troubled young man, mm-hmm. even when I was homeless, I would go to the central library. So books were like for me. That's the way it was. I loved those books, especially at that time. It was the late sixties, early seventies. Mm-hmm. You had the black books, the black power books, and right. you know, Elders Cleaver to George Jackson to James Baldwin to even the poets, Nikki Giovanni, whoever they were, mm-hmm. I was reading them because I there really wasn't, our books weren't really there. Right. But eventually, Chicanos and other uh, Latinx people have written so many books now, so right. now you see our names on there. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and so, like I mentioned, I, so I talked to people like Josefina Lopez and Rudy yeah. Moreno, who started off 30 years ago around the same yeah, time, right? You know? Yeah, yeah, And so what I'm most impressed with is that they didn't have, there were no playwrights like Josefina, there were no right. comics, and there were no, no authors. So just for you to get started, like where did that come from? Where did you get the idea that you could be a writer? Because there weren't very many. I have no idea how that comes <laughs> in because... Uh, you have to carve your way. Yeah. And you don't even have really support. I, I tell you a sad thing, but I don't mind. Mm-hmm. My family never supported any artistic. Of course. Because they were working class people. Yeah, of course. And they all, all of them, all my siblings, none of them went to college. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all just worked. In, and it, LA had a lot of industry, so we all worked in the industry or right. service areas. And uh, that was what you expected to do. And when I started thinking, I'm going to be a writer, I'm going to be an artist, I want to be a photographer, people thought that was weird and strange. And uh, my mother, and 
God bless her soul because mm-hmm. she's, she's my mom. I love her dearly. She's passed, but mm-hmm. she destroyed all my murals. Mm-hmm. I had plywood. She destroyed all my writings. I had a grocery bag of writings. Wow. She destroyed a photography. I took a lot of photos. Yeah. She just got rid of it because she says, I don't bear that tiempo, you know. Uh-huh. And I don't blame her. She was raised that way. She grew Not up during all. the Mexican Revolution. She grew up in a time where if you didn't work, you didn't survive. Yeah. So I don't blame her. It's right. just sad that that's in us, and I try to encourage people to let the young people be creative, mm-hmm. to let them find their passions, yes. and let them pursue it. That's why we created the Chucha, so they can go to a place yeah. and learn these skills and knowledge and connect with people. Exactly, yeah. And so I'm always curious to know, like, when you got started did, uh, writing there, so when was it when you said, uh, not only did I write a book, but I'm going to be a writer, this is my profession I don't know if I ever said that, but I know that I started writing when I was uh, in jail or juvenile hall. Mm-hmm. I just would write. People thought it was weird. Yeah. People played cards. They, you know, art drew, whatever. But I'm sitting there writing mm-hmm. because I read these books and they gave me ideas. And I wasn't writing anything for a book. I was just writing thoughts, ideas, right. maybe story ideas. I, I, I didn't even know what the heck I was doing. <laughs> uh, I, When I was homeless, I was hopeless for three years. But one of the things I did is I went back home and um, took over a small room in the garage and 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 I and I went. My mama didn't want me there, but mm-hmm. yeah, you know, she couldn't stop me. <laughs> I went to the garage and I found an old beat up Remington typewriter that my dad used to have, but it was right. all beat up. I took it and you know, like this with two fingers, I was <laughs> typing. Yes. I started typing my little mm-hmm. stories and ideas, even though it was a one of these ribbons and the all, all the the keys uh, were sticking. Didn't matter. Yeah, yeah, I started doing that. It's weird. I don't even know why. You know, my homies thought it was weird, but uh-huh. they. They were good homies. Nobody made fun of me, really. They oh, said, that's that's just him. That's his mm-hmm. thing. Books and whatever he's doing. Uh, but I was, I was already going in that direction. I, and it's hard to say. It looks more like a destiny thing. Yeah. And I was yeah. going towards language and writing just as a part of me w- without any support otherwise. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No. And I tell young people too, like, like you mentioned, you start uh, writing on a typewriter. Now you got, you know, and then we had word processors. Yeah. That was like a big deal, right? Yeah. You can write a sentence and then if it did, you don't like it, yeah. you can delete it. Now on a computer, you can cut and paste. And I'm in a computer all the time. I don't really write. I don't even use my handwriting no more. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, obviously not no typewriters mm-hmm. it's all computer now yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, you know there's no excuse for young people man get get to writing and writing even if you don't want to be a writer so much mm-hmm. writing is a good foundational thing mm-hmm. because it expresses its language it, you can do anything if you want to uh, even be um Whatever you want to get into writing and, and having, how do you say, clarity yes. in how you speak mm-hmm. and how you talk is really important. Right. Yeah. yeah. Because even like, you know, this podcast here, I mean, I obviously prepare ahead of time so I know what yeah. we're going to ask. And so you yeah. can, uh, yeah, you, you don't get, you don't stumble over your own thoughts. Exactly. Organize yeah. your thoughts. That's pretty cool. All right. Um, so one of the things that we talked about as well. So let's talk about the Achuchas because yeah, I yeah. remember I went to the grand opening twenty years ago. Twenty two years. Twenty two years. You ago, were yeah. there, huh? Yeah, I, yeah, I was there at the, and it's just weird. I I uh, I remember Tom Hayden was there, yeah, and I got to know him, and I was chatting with him. We, we were had some out. pretty well known people come mm-hmm. by. Uh, he was one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if John Densmore showed up that day, but we had some well-known people show up. Uh, John Densmore from The Doors, yeah, one of my favorite groups, too. <laughs> and uh, a number of people. John Trudell was around. I think he came by. We had like four or five people, 500 people showing up yeah. at different times. They weren't all there at once. Yeah. And I was surprised 
how much support we had, how much interest there was, right. and that people were really like, this is wonderful, this is amazing, and um, it's good because it was um, a big experiment. I don't know how else to call it. Yeah. You know, and to come up with the idea of a hybrid, we had a bookstore, we had an art gallery, we had a performance space, we had a cafe, remember we had the yes. cafe, yes. Uh -huh. and we had these workshops Right. It's like people were like, "Whoa, you have all these things, five at least five things," and I even have my own press. Yeah, so it's actually six things. Um, right. That was all in one space, and mm -hmm. it, it's worked since then for twenty-two years. Yeah, and then you had musical performances. Yeah, to remember we had it bands. Yeah. We had uh, uh, we had danza. We had mm -hmm. the Mexica danza, which was uh, now we still have it. It's part of our the resident artists were us. Yeah. Uh, the Mastia Kitsakoa, they started with us. Uh, we had theater. We had everything. We had movies, even though we're not a movie house. Right. Uh, there is no movie house in this part of the valley. Yeah. You yeah. got to go 20 minutes outside to get catch a movie. Yeah. Um, so we had we had films. You're right. Yeah. And I know, I think you had like Jarocho lessons as well. Oh, right? yeah. So like we taught the uh, Son Jarocho tradition mm -hmm. at Veracruz. There was a big movement of that, as you know. Mm -hmm. I connected with the people that are friends in East LA and Santa Ana and other places doing Son Jarocho. Yeah. And we, we had our own. We've had a tradition here for Son Jarocho. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think the idea being that culture... Uh, gives you, um, breathes life mm -hmm. into who you are, what you're about, your heritage, but also with thinking maybe I can contribute something and maybe I can be creative. Yeah, yeah. That's And that's kind of the point of this podcast to get yeah. people to do that too. Yeah. So tell us, what is the address of the Achuchas where we're at now? So it's 12677 Glen Oaks Boulevard and it's in the community of somewhere in Los Angeles, but it's community uh 91342 and we're next to a food for less and when you know when there's a food for less it's a working class community oh, yeah. <laughs> you know whenever you see food for less it's not upscale it's yeah. it's all working class this is a pretty good uh like i say mostly um mexican central american community right right yeah and so people i imagine go to food for less stuff and they look over hey yeah, that's, that's the about, idea right? that's the idea and we actually get good good numbers of people walking through mm -hmm. here very cool so, you know, we were trying to tie down uh, a, a time to do this interview, yeah. and but you've been to and this the last, like, six weeks to Colombia, I, to I, Mexico I, City. I, I was in um, Copenhagen just Copenhagen, now. Right. I haven't got to Colombia yet. I'll be there in April. Mm, okay. And then I was in Mexico City, went to Guadalajara. In fact, last year I ended up in Puerto Rico, Cuba. I went to Guadalajara couple of times, Mexico City. I went to England. Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting some places. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've been traveling a lot, and that's I love traveling. Yeah. Uh, I spread the message about what we're doing here at the Achuchas, but also because of my books and people as a poet. They, I, I do um, a lot of performances, but also I go into prisons. In England, I ended up going to prison. Oh, wow. um, when I'm going to Colombia, I'll be going to prisons there. Mm -hmm. um, it's what I do. It's a, I, I work yeah. with the most troubled people. Yeah, and so Copenhagen. Yeah, <laughs> Copenhagen, so Copenhagen was really. You know what it is? Is uh, I'm 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 meeting with a network of global activists, mm -hmm. and uh, they invited me to come to have dialogues, and I've been doing that. I, I connect with so many people, and they invite me. I never really have to pay for these trips. It's mm -hmm. really hard. Yeah, people sure. pay for my way because. Mm -hmm. I can't do them on my own. Right. But when they want me there, I'm there. Uh -huh. And like, again, if I need to talk to troubled kids, Copenhagen was almost like Chicago, very snowy. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. Very cold. Mm -hmm. um, and I grew up in Chicago. Well, I didn't grow up in Chicago. spent 15 years in Chicago. Yeah. So I'm okay. I mm -hmm. can handle it. Me and my yeah. wife, Trini. Yeah. <laughs> you good. didn't uh, get Californized, your weather. Well, yeah, you know, but the bad thing about being in California as long as we have since we've been back mm -hmm. is you do get, you become a wuss when it comes to cold. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, and I remember going there. Um, so you and I, I met you through the Lerna, right? The right. League of Revolutions for New America yeah, back in yeah. the 90s. And we went to a school there in Chicago. Was it a cold? Week long. Was it? It, was, it, it wasn't that cold at the time. Oh. But what I remember, I, what struck me was that uh, they had bags of salt. Yeah. Right? To defrost. You the, have to, in the roads, mm-hmm. and you have to have... Um, Salt even for your porches and for the sidewalks, uh-huh. and I remember shoveling that snow. <laughs> yeah, so I'm kind of glad I don't have to do it no more. Uh-huh. Uh, I love Chicago though. Yeah. Uh, Chicago is my second home. I have my daughter there. I have grandkids there, great grandkids, and uh-huh. there in, in Illinois. So yes. uh, Chicago is a great city for me. So you can handle Copenhagen for a couple of days, right? Yeah, you're yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Copenhagen wasn't bad. Yeah, actually, we had a good time in Copenhagen. Met cool. a lot of good people. Got mm-hmm. to travel and check out the town and. Yeah. Uh, it was quite beautiful place. Right. Yeah. Very cool. So another thing we wanted to talk about here, I know you ran for governor yeah. a couple of times. What, what, so what, what, first of all, what made you run for governor and not like city council? San well, Fernando, you'd win. I yeah, think, I know. Right? <laughs> but people came up to me mm-hmm. in the Green Party because I've been a Green Party member for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they won and they thought that it could be a good candidate. And I wasn't sure, but I, I was game because I think we need to have new voices. We need yes. to have alternatives to the both. Republicans and Democrats. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think we need to have more voices. This country is very much run by corporate parties, as you yes. know. And you, there's some good Democrats. I'm not against all of them, but they're mm-hmm. still part of a corporate system. I, I, th- I think that I wanted to not be that and to have a voice that could speak for, like, how to end homelessness, how to mm-hmm. deal with mass incarceration. Like, I'm a pro- prohibitionist. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm against the, the punishment yes. of people in trouble. Um, and for... Real justice and what I call shared well-being. Because mm-hmm. that's not what runs this government. That's not yeah. what runs our country, shared well-being. What yeah. runs this government is profits for a few over the expense of many. Yes. And that's the way it's run, people, mm-hmm. whether people want to call it that or not. They talk about liberty and democracy and everything else, but they forget that underlying all that is really uh, a system of in- in- inequities and inequality. It's yeah. kind of built in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, even speaking of homeless, homelessness too, right? Part of the problem is that people don't want to have shelters in their community. Yeah, I know. They don't want rent control. It's like, all right, fine. It, democracy says you can do that, but understand that's going to mean that people are going to be on the people streets. in the streets, and they don't want people in the streets. But it's like, yeah. well, then what? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. You got to provide people housing. And what I think, you know, capitalism is the only system in which you got to pay your way to reside. Mm-hmm. on the earth you, know, right. you got to pay your way yeah so you can't just recite mm-hmm. we need to have a system in which people get their housing taken care of they get their schooling taken care of they get their health yeah. free health care yeah. quality health that they're um healthy in all kinds of ways body minding body mind and soul mm-hmm. that we take care of people then the rest of it, it will happen just make sure that people's needs are being met yes. and that's where i'm fighting for yes know? and so i mean people don't realize that if you have healthy people educated people they will go out and produce they your will, capital they'll feed your capitalist exactly. needs they'll, they'll they'll want to produce they'll mm-hmm. want to be productive uh, what's happening in our world is we got a lot of depressed people we got alienated people we got a lot of people on suicides yeah. we got a lot of drugged out people mm-hmm. the system has created um a monstrosity, but yeah. they're monsters of our own making. Mm-hmm. I don't want to call them monsters; they're human beings. Yes. But I'm saying that we've created this terrible thing that 
Um, you throw people out and you write them off. Yeah. You put them in prisons and you don't teach them anything. You don't provide them anything right. skills. They come out more trouble than when they come in. Mm -hmm. This is this is what I'm against and why I want to change. I think every hum human being has got the capacity for reimagining the world and making the world better. Yes. And it's built on that. Yes, yes. And so now the focus now is on combating fentanyl. Fentanyl where, awful. Mm -hmm. But... But see, before it was crack and before it was... I mean, going back you're, to, you're, to you're, hashish, you're, you're remember right. hash back in the day, there, there's always going to be something. There's always something, and if not, it's alcohol. Alcohol yeah. is actually the worst thing, but, right. you know, alcohol is legal yeah. uh, up to a certain age. So the point is, all these drugs are created to keep us away from being totally active, engaged, and alive. Mm -hmm. And I know because I was a drug addict as a teenager, and I know how what that could be. Mm -hmm. I was an alcoholic for many, many years. I'm totally sober now for 30 years. 30 years. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I know the importance of being sober. But the idea being that we need people to be healthy. And yes. they should, if they got trouble like drugs, they should get treatment and they should get help. Yeah. Uh, in Europe, by the way, I've seen... Um, they take care of. I was in Copenhagen. I went to a section where they let the addicts, and they don't have a lot of addicts, but mm -hmm. there is addicts, yes. get free needles mm -hmm. and get free heroin. Yeah. But it's healthy. It's not the street kind where you can get OD or get all messed up. Right. Uh, and nowadays here in the U.S., they mix it with fentanyl, so mm -hmm. you're going to get sick yes. or OD. Mm -hmm. Over there, they make sure you're okay. Mm -hmm. They don't treat you like a pariah. You know? yeah. yeah. And if you want treatment, it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they do start to have your needle exchange programs. Uh, yeah, that's a very important part of it because mm -hmm. it used to be the worst part is getting needles that were tainted or yeah. bad, and you get hep C or you can get um, AIDS and get a lot of issues. Yeah, um, and it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Not in the wealthiest country in the world. Right, all these resources, and we got the worst system yeah. for healthcare and for treating people who who need help, like drug addicts. Yeah, and and again, even if you're cynical about it, like. Doing that, people say, "Well, we don't want to give them, especially needles." And but look, we're paying for it anyway. We'll pay for we it are. anyway, like when treatment because we pay for HIV treatment, right. HIV, you know, communicable health, all that kind of stuff. Right, so, and, and if they're sick, we're all going to be sick. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, COVID is an example of that you can't just say a few of us are going to get sick. If you're out there and you got COVID, yeah. anybody's susceptible. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's what happened is you got these pandemics. Every 100 years, you got a pandemic. Well, we weren't prepared for that. Yeah. We didn't do what we should have done. Mm -hmm. We didn't do the preventive things. Yeah. I think all of this stuff is preventable, including right. drug addiction. Yes. But yes. the way that we do things, it is always immediate. You you have a problem. Now you start mm -hmm. resting people. Now you start doing whatever you can. But it's a little bit too late. Let's yeah. help people when they're young, when they're er help them early and give them, and and don't make it pay for it. Yeah, I mean we yeah. have so much resources we can mm -hmm. give it to people in a way that they could be healthy and free. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and and I mean starting with with education, man. If you have an educated person, yeah, imagine that the taxes you can collect again. Being cynical, you, yeah. know, you don't even have to be like kind-hearted. Being cynical, man, we can yeah. collect a lot of taxes from them, but they don't think that for, people don't think that far-sighted. Well, even in Copenhagen, but in, in a lot of parts, the free education, mm -hmm. yeah. and even Mexico, by the way, yeah. uh, you can go to UNAM, mm -hmm. free. Yes. Yes. I mean, those are countries where very poor compared to U.S. Mm -hmm. I was in Argentina, and they said, well, it's free education. So I thought, well, I'm going to go to one of the universities. I thought, well, it's free. The university must be a little lightweight place. It was yes. very beautiful. Wow. Go to UNAM in Mexico yes. City. It's beautiful. Yeah. And um, it's accessible. Mm -hmm. I mean, why can't we do it here? Yeah. We can, but again, you have to remove yeah. the profit margin. Exactly. So that's, that's going to be hard to tell, take, exactly. you know, get And money the tuition people that people are paying. Yes. I, you know, I, I hate to say this because... Uh, 
I had to pay my granddaughter's uh, tuition. She went to a four-year college, and um, she couldn't pay for it, so I ended up using my equity in my house. $52,000. It's my granddaughter. I'm going to help her out, but it's like I can't do it for nobody else now. It's it's like too much. It's like Mm -hmm. too much for anybody. Uh, And poor thing, hopefully she'll get on and make um, something of her life. Mm -hmm. But it's really sad that people get that kind of debt put on them. Yeah, and then it around your neck for years and years yeah. after you're gone so i mean yeah. it, it's getting to the point where it's not cost effective to in fact to go to people college. i know a lot of people don't want to go to college no more because it's like first of all it's not worth the price yeah. but also what am i getting out of it yeah. you know it, it, some of it is not even worth getting that what do you, that degree mm-hmm. and you sit and look at homeless people some of them have degrees yes, yes some of these unemployed people they got several degrees and they still can't get a job right right so at least, I mean, you know, you did get some traction because I know you got like over 125000 I know. Votes. That was a very important number because I don't have big money. It's not corporate right. run. Yes. I don't, I don't take corporate money. Um, the Green Party is very clear about that. Um, it's kind of sad because that means I got no ads. I got no big media. I got nobody. But it's also important that we have those voices. Yes. And yes. so it was worth it for me. Mm-hmm. 125,000 people without ads, without, yeah. is a lot of people. That means there's a lot of people who are disaffected who want alternatives, yes. and we should build on that. I do have a problem that I don't think that's what's being done, building on what we got. Yes. Uh, but that's my thing now. Let's build on those numbers. Let's build on those people who who want to be seen and heard by other means. Will you run again? It's hard to say. I think what I'd like to do is help other people, yeah. maybe train young people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're thinking of maybe do some political training here at the Achutas. Oh, uh, anybody interested... Um, one good thing about uh, the community here is all run by uh, Chicanos, or you know, they're all our hinted running, mm-hmm. and, and they're pretty good right now. Uh, we had some bad ones like Nudie Martinez is mm-hmm. not yeah. too far from here; she's gone. Yeah. But the people that replaced her and others are doing re- much better. So we're working with them. They're all Democrats. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that there's a, a need again. To train young people yes. to be prepared for the political world they're in yes. and to not fall into the traps of getting all this corporate money, doing the bidding of big corporations, mm-hmm. uh, and really fight for our needs in those in those places of governance. Yeah, to fight for the people who need it most. Yeah. I mean, this morning we're sitting here on, what is it, Friday the 26th, yeah. the former councilman being sentenced for yeah. messing around. Well, it's it's kind of sad, way. you know. Yeah. Um, and when I was in Chicago, I remember when I think there was 25 city aldermen that were convicted of crime. Wow. And even the government, governor was, two of them were pushed yes. out for crime. And mm-hmm. it's like, why do people run for office supposed to be in the public service, service mm-hmm. and yet they're making a lot of money? You know, most Congress people are millionaires, yes. the majority. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's like, what is it where... This is where you're going to make a living at the expense of the rest of us? No. We need people who are not in there for the money, in it to help people get their needs met. Yeah. And so uh, going back to your writing, I know you were Poet Laureate of Los Angeles yeah. for a couple of years. So I know it's, yeah. it's part honorary title, but part work, right? You had it. Well, here's what they told me, and mm-hmm. I loved it. The mm-hmm. cool. public library was kind of running it, mm-hmm. and... Um, and it, I love the library, so yeah. it was great working with them. Uh, they said you can do six events a year. The first year oh, I did 110 events. Wow! <laughs> and wow. then, and yeah. then the libraries were saying, "Well, we're going to ask these libraries um, 
40 libraries wanted me there, and they said, well, you can do a couple of them. Mm-hmm. I went to all 40. Wow. I, wow. I felt that it was important for me to make the most of it. Yes. Go to as many communities. Poetry is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Young people do it naturally. Yeah. Right. And uh, there were slam poets. I worked with the Get Lit players. They got mm-hmm. slam poetry in high schools. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many good groups of street poets who I know. There's a lot of great groups that are working with language and poetry, and I work with them. and. It yeah. was great. There's a lot of poetry in the city. Yeah, definitely. So what happens a lot of times when you have poetry readings and you invite people to come yeah. out, you always find a young kid who yeah. secretly had been writing poetry. Yeah. Never shared with anybody. They don't. And, you know, this is why I think it's good to have places like Tia Chuches where there's an open mic yes. where people can come and share, and they do. And they don't even know there's an audience for this. Yes. And some some of them do very well. They just start publishing their books. Mm-hmm. Not only does Tia Chucha Press publish emerging poets, but we have... Flower Song Press. We have El Martillo Press. New presses are popping up every, all the time yeah. trying to get those voices. Very cool. So what is your, your latest uh, book that we can get? Or- well, I would recommend two, two books. One is my latest book was from Seven Stories um, from Our Land to Our Land, my uh-huh. first book of okay. essays. And that book I was important. I had that important. set aside. I'm going to buy it right yeah, now. Yeah, <laughs> and when, the problem was it showed up just before the pandemic. Oh, and yeah. when the pandemic hit, we couldn't really push it. It kind of died. became Book of the Month in the LA Times. Wow. It was really yeah. good. But it died on the on the vine. I'm still mm-hmm. pushing it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But now I got a new book out of Mexico mm-hmm. of bilingual poetry. Ooh, and yeah. so we we sell it here at the mm-hmm. Atuchas. We're the only ones able to sell it here. Uh-huh. So uh, I'm trying to get somebody in Chicago to start picking it up. Yeah, so, very yeah. cool. And so where else can we find you out and about? What is, what's coming up next for you? Well, I got a, a reading actually. Well, I don't know if this will show up before Saturday. It's That's tomorrow. I'm be in... Um, Hyde Park Library. Okay. I'll be there to do a reading at okay. 2 o'clock for the Marion's Garden. Mm-hmm. Um, I do those kind of local events when I can. Yes. Uh, I was at the East LA Library uh, two days ago, oh. two nights ago. So, oh, wow. yeah, yeah I, I, I think that's what I love to do, get around when I can. Yeah. I get so busy. Right. Uh, right. I go to schools when mm-hmm. I can. But I think it's important to get out there as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and so you mentioned where where are you heading to internationally? In well, I'll be going. My pl- I'm going to Kansas City next week. I'm oh. going to Guadalajara again the following week. Wow. Um, if all goes well, I'll be in Colombia in April, okay. and, and uh, they want me to work with troubled kids, but also with prisoners. And, right. Uh, and I got other invitations to go back to Mexico City, mm-hmm. uh, maybe Europe. I'm hopefully by the end of the year somebody's trying to get me to Greece. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. Excellent, very cool. And I know you've been to like the Carolinas and you've been to Puerto Rico. And I've been all, all over. And, you know, I've been all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Puerto Rico is also part of the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been, um, I was in Cuba, which is really, really wow. nice. Yeah. And, uh, all over Latin America, Central America for 30 years. I've been going to El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, mm-hmm. uh, of course, Latin, uh, South America too. Yeah. Wow. So, and also Japan. I ended up in Japan. Okay, cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right, Lisa. Well, you know what? I won't take up much more of your time. Well, I appreciate and just, I was this, really, you? really happy to, that when you accepted to come on the podcast. Yeah, and, yeah. Because, uh, so, you know, I've known you for 30 years now. Yeah, and yeah, so, yeah. And, you know, always in the, in the struggle. So, I yeah. really appreciate your time, Lisa. Thank you for Thank being you on so the much. Nacho Said Soul podcast. All right. Gracias. Thank you.